This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You know, the, with the Democrat uh, nomination thing process being virtually over. And I, Sanders and Obama meet today. Do we know what time that was? It was supposed to have happened already? I or? don't know off the top of my head. Um, I don't either. Uh, I would re- imagine they'd come up with a consensus today. Yeah, what he there, should do. There have been reports that uh, Sanders wants to at least wait until the last primary, which is actually next week with the Democrats in Washington state. I don't think it means anything. I could be wrong on that. It might just be a beauty contest, but he wants to go all the way. Also, it took Hillary Clinton four days after Barack Obama uh, locked up the nomination in 2008 to uh, concede. So it's not like he has to do it the next day. I mean, he can, but they obviously want him to. But I think they're going to give him time, and I think they're going to try to negotiate and give him a nice plum spot at the you know uh, convention and all of those things. Just hard pressed to uh, fully comprehend what that means to him. So what? I mean, you, guy's going to be seventy-five. Uh, so he gets a plum spot at the convention. We, what does that do for you? Well, I mean, the conventions have large audiences, so yeah. he would be able to get his message, message out I, to I a lot of people. And, but he's been campaigning doing that. For yeah, that's true. A year now. Yeah, I think it's. It is a consolation prize yeah. in its purest sense. I yeah. mean, it really is. It's just like, a, hey, we care about you, and maybe he has a chance to push the platform or, uh, you know, uh, move Hillary Clinton a little bit on some issue he cares about or, uh, you know, I, who knows? It's something like that. Maybe he has, you know, a little bit of influence. But, again, he lost. So if yeah. you go in there and you lose and you're and you fight and he continues to fight at the convention and and goes up against, you know, tries to turn delegates and all of these things up until the end and costs Hillary Clinton time and effort mm-hmm. and probably money, then they'll be pissed off at him and say, get the hell out of here. I mean, I think that's I mean, that's what they did to Ron Paul, basically. Now, I, you know, does it really matter? No. But I mean, these are politicians. And they all have egos and they all want to say that their, you know, message is the most important thing and people just need to hear it and then we'll win. Uh, so and, and then the other thing with, with Sanders is he's definitely trying, unlike Clinton, to start a movement. He's trying to start a political revolution. He's even in mm-hmm. his own terms. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wants socialism to come to the United States, where Hillary Clinton just wants socialism to come to the United States. They have really different approaches. Yeah, they they do. Um and they're different in that uh, Bernie talks about uh, Denmark uh, socialism, 
And I think Hillary is more comfortable with Norwegian socialism. Totally different. People try to make them sound so similar. But really, I mean, are they both European socialists? Yes. And of course, that's just a a starting point on the the final goal. Right. The final goal is obviously (laughs) Soviet uh, socialism or or communism. (laughs) But um, (laughs) here are some uh, reactions to Hillary's big nomination victory. Thanks to you, we've reached a milestone. The first time, the first time in our nation's history Mm -hmm. that a woman will be a major party's nominee. Your efforts have produced a strong majority of the popular vote, victories in a majority of the contests, and after tonight, a majority of pledged delegates. So many of you feel like you're out there on your own. Yeah. That no one has your back. Right. Well, I do. <laughs> no, I you don't. I hear you. I see no, you. You actually called me the enemy. So. <laughs> and as your president, I will always have your back. Always? So A-L-W-I-Z. We all believe mm-hmm. that America mm-hmm. succeeds when more people share in our prosperity. When more people have a voice in our political system, when more people can contribute to their communities, we believe that cooperation is better than conflict, Mm. unity is better than division, Mm. empowerment is better than resentment, and bridges are better than walls. That's because um, Donald Trump wants to build a wall. That's why she said that. Yeah. I want you to know that. Uh Uh-huh. It's important. So instead of a wall, we should build a bridge to Mexico? Okay. We already have those, and they're used quite regularly. But we could use more. I mean, if we Uh, we had more bridges, people would have to cross rivers less. More bridges across the Rio Grande. We could build a, uh, uh, let's build a bridge across the Atlantic so the terrorists can just walk here. (laughs) (laughs) No one's proposing that, that, and I think it's something we should think about. Look, bridges are better than walls. Let's bridge the Atlantic. That's why if you ever go to uh, Chappaqua, is it mm-hmm. Chappaqua and they and uh, where they live, uh, the Clintons lived or lived yeah. here in New mm-hmm. York. Uh, you will not find a fence or a wall around their home. You will find a bridge into their home. <laughs> uh, that's why that's there. <laughs> for example, except for no, uh, that's well, not the case. And I would say that but, you know the wall around the property, they uh-huh. might not have that, but no. that's because they don't yeah. have any walls around their rooms. Um, they, you can except, just walk in any time. Again, no, uh, that is also inaccurate. Uh, they do have walls, uh, both inside and out. So, hmm. no bridges at the uh, Chappaqua residence. Yeah, in, probably not, huh? In, uh, no, no. What about any of their other Ted houses? Uh, no, no bridges there either. Hmm. Uh, and, I mean, it's such such bullcrap. garbage. Just such garbage. Uh, John Kerry says everybody should take pride in the Hillary win. As a father of two daughters, I'm proud. She'll make a terrific president. Uh, we're not going to explain how everyone, regardless of ideology, uh, should also be proud. This is what they continually harp on 
when one of their people wins. Uh, if it's Obama, everybody should be proud that this communist is now the nominee because he's black. Everybody should be proud now that this socialist has won because she's a woman. Bull, shut up. I, I want somebody who is who has American values. I, I don't want these people, and I'm not proud of them. It, would they have been proud of the Republican Party if uh, Marco Rubio or, or Ted Cruz had, had been the nominee? The first Hispanic. Everybody yeah. should be proud of the Republicans. Everybody should be proud of the nominee. It's the first Hispanic to ever be nominated. No. no. In fact, I don't even think it would be discussed at all. No. Uh, I, I, um, I, it's weird. We all do this, right? I mean, look, is there something to notice that the first major party nominee is a woman? Uh, it's the first time ever that's happened. Sure, it's something to notice. It's something in history. Um, and will we be proud of, about it in a, in a reactionary way? I think probably. But that's actually something to resist. It's an emotion mm-hmm. to resist. Uh, to, to be proud of someone because of their genitals is I actually where, what we're trying to move away yeah. from. Right. Uh, you're not supposed to be judging people based yeah. on what they have downstairs. And by the way, gender is just a false constru- uh, construct anyway. So uh, I don't think we're even supposed to notice that women are women and men are men anymore. It's certainly not supposed to happen in the bathroom. Um, so I, I don't I don't know why uh, this is always going to be a big deal. It will be, and I think it will help with. You know, certainly if, you know, people aren't going to bother looking at the records of these candidates, like Donald Trump, for example, if conservatives won't look at the Donald Trump record and say he's not conservative, they're certainly not going to put enough thought into it to think about, well, maybe I shouldn't be so proud of her because she has uh, a hoo-ha instead of a, uh, what's your term for Dingle-dangle. Dingle-dangle. I, I don't uh, know. I don't, you know, maybe that's not, I mean, they're not going to put that much thought into it. But in reality, it's something that we used to say uh, is true, but we're resisting. Like it's like identity politics. Uh, the Hispa- like the Hispanic uh, Hispanics will vote for uh, for uh, a Hispanic candidate because uh, he's Hispanic. Yeah. And you'd say, wait a minute. I mean, there are some people who will do that, but in in, in essence, that's something that Hispanics should resist. Just like mm-hmm. white people should resist voting for a white person because they're white. You should look at the person, you should look at their policies, and make a decision based on that, not based on identity politics. It's a cynical thing that we're looking at when, when it comes to identity politics. If women are going to vote for Hillary because she's a woman, that should be something that women should look at themselves and say, wow, why am I doing this? I shouldn't be doing this. I should make the decision based on other things always. It should never play into your vote, the genitals of the candidate that you're going for. That should never be anything. I mean, would it be right for me to say, well, you know what, I would, I'm voting for um, Donald Trump because he's a man. I just, you know, I'm a man, he's a man, and I just want to vote for a man for president. And Everyone would look at that and say that's a, a horrible instinct. He's a white man, too. And he's a white man, yeah. and that would be even worse. Yeah. However, if you do it the other way, it's completely right. Exactly. I'm voting for her because she's a woman. I That's know, somehow respected so in our society. It's so terrible. It's a terrible instinct. You know, and it is an instinct, but it be, it's one that should be resisted. You know whose perspective I really want on this? Um, and and I, I can't believe we haven't gotten it up to this point. Okay. Is uh, uh, Lincoln Chafee's. The metric system guy? Uh, yes. The okay. metric system man, Lincoln Chafee. And I, I know that 
everybody's been clamoring for this. Facebook is loaded with it. Everybody's tweeting out. What what does Lincoln Chafee think about this upcoming election? Mm-hmm. I'm tired of hearing it. Yep. I, I But I understand it because I, I, I wanted it. so desperately to know. I get it. And this is an instinct you should not resist. You, need you should not. And, and fortunately, because of the overwhelming outpouring of curiosity about Lincoln Chafee's thoughts on the upcoming election, here it is. Um, but here's the thing. Senator Sanders has convinced his supporters that the system is rigged. Um, when he does decide to drop out, how can he now convince his supporters that he's lost fair and square? Oh, the, uh, considering uh, the foil that is Donald Trump, uh, everybody I know that has supported Senator Sanders is willingly and enthusiastically going to support Secretary Clinton uh, really? just because Even of the stakes people? are so high. Oh, Absolutely. The he stakes are so high, people. and the, the Nader experience <laughs> is still fresh in our minds. Uh, Look at my young people George over there. W. Bush and Dick Cheney. We just can't have that again, and I think uh, Donald Trump God, scares people more that. than oh uh, even gosh. Dick Cheney. Even so Dick, it's not so much as we Dick love Dick Hillary Cheney? as we're really afraid of Donald Trump. The president of Bush, not Cheney. Yes, and I think uh, Senator Sanders is in time, as this plays out, as this process plays out, is also going to be an enthusiastic supporter of Secretary Clinton, the, the Democratic presumptive ne- Democratic nominee. Oh, I, I think he is totally right on that, though. Don't you? Uh, I think all the young these Sanders people, no. people. I don't think the young people. Are, I think they'll all go to Clinton. I mean, they, they might I not be. As, they might not have the turnout that, of Barack Obama, but they're all going to wind up in Clinton's camp. It's not, possible. Not, I, I don't believe that Trump. She's such a mental midget, though. I just hate that Cheney thing brought it. What, what yeah. the hell are you talking about? Welcome to 2016, dude. It's not 2002 anymore. That's the last time he was relevant, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's the issue. Ah, drives me out of my mind. Uh, Jill Stein on real feminism, because we've also been wondering where Jill's been on this. Now, Jill thing, is right? important, because Jill, important. I will say, is important in this race, because uh, she is the Green Party nominee for president. And she will... Jill's the Green Party... Uh, uh, you're yes. speaking down to us like we didn't know that, and it's kind of pissing me off. Okay, I, I wasn't saying it to you, Pat, because I know okay. you're involved right. uh, in oh understanding these things. The like issue, why, why is Jill Stein this time actually a little mm-hmm. bit important? Because of what you just said. The people who don't want Bernie Sanders could theoretically go to the Green Party. Yeah. Um, so if you want Bernie Sanders, you don't get him. You don't want Hillary Clinton. Which, of course, splits the vote. You could go to Jill Stein because, you know, and again, the same way that people are saying the Libertarian Party might pick off a bunch of Trump people. People they're are saying, saying Stein could her. pick off. And she's not doing as well as Johnson um, in the polls, but she's getting two, three uh, percent in these polls. Is she really? Now, you know, Jill Stein is getting two or three percent. When she's included in polls, she's getting two or three percent. Wow! So could, I mean, again, crazy. in a close election, could be a big deal. Uh, here, that's it, crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. here she is uh, talking, uh, uh, you know, to some stupid show. <laughs> I think it, it's an insult to the concept of feminism to say that feminism is the gender that you were born with. Period, and that's feminism. You know, that's outrageous. Uh, to say it's, is it, you know, <laughs> simply a question of what your chromosomes have to be, you know, happen to be. Mm-hmm. Feminism is much more than that. It's about peace. It's about justice. It's about rights for women as caretakers and caregivers. Peace and and the broader agenda of the woman needs to be consistent with that. And in Hillary's case, it's not. I think it's an offense to the concept of feminism to say mm. that Hillary Clinton uh, and her advocacy for war, 
for Wall Street and for the Walmart economy represents feminism. She's crazy. Obviously a communist. I will say if Gary Johnson was as well spoken as that, he'd have an actual chance. But she she comes off really well there. She uh, obviously is able to. Except if you look just a little teeny bit under the surface, you, you peel back and you see red there. Under the green. Oh, she's she's a communist. To, you know, to the, yeah, communist. I mean, that's what the Green Party is. I mean, it's, right, it's a socialist a communist party. party. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of socialist and communist parties from Peace and Freedom Party, the Workers uh, World Workers Party, mm-hmm. uh, the Socialist Party, the Socialist Liberation Party. Love to all of these continually all speak peace, and they are responsible for more death and destruction than anybody in the world's mm-hmm. history. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's the same way, ironic. you know, I mean, lots of dictators do that, right? I mean, like Hitler yes. very much spoke about how everything was going to be wonderful. Um, he also spoke about killing a lot of Jews, but he, he didn't eat. That was a secondary focus. Yeah. Uh, it was going to help yeah. Germany. Uh, it's going to make Germany great again, Pat. <laughs> That's right. That's a, I was actually watching yeah. the, uh, what was the, uh, the show Glenn was pitching a couple of weeks ago called... Uh, Look who's back, mm-hmm. and it was—it's a German movie, kind of like a half. Oh yeah, it's fake. Yeah, yeah. But it's like the idea. I want to watch that. I'll give you the. Uh, you know, it's a fake. It's because Adolf Hitler essentially comes back to life without explanation, and he. But he's just in the two, in 2015. But somebody um, thinks it's a joke or whatever, right? Yeah, everyone it, everyone yeah. thinks he's just a comedian doing a bit and never comes out of character. Yeah. Um. So he goes in, around the whole country and he makes a speech. And this is again before this is made before Donald Trump was running. And his slogan seems to be "Make Germany Great Again," <laughs> which has nothing to do with Donald Trump, but I found it interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating in many ways. Uh, interesting to see. Can we go back to a still shot of the two of those uh, people, um, Jill Stein and and Sank Uger, or whatever his name is? What is? How do you really say his name? Because it's spelled C E N K, but it's called. It's not Sank. It's uh, and it's not junk. But they changed the, uh, I mean, we've seen Young Turks on here a million times. They've changed their set, though, didn't they? Did they, did somebody uh, give them a donation of $1.50 and they, it does look they like updated a, their a set a little bit? green screen situation. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, they got something going on there, the Young Turks. Good for them. Talk about communists, though. Uh, some of the worst people living right there. Two of them right there. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. More patents too coming up in a second. Yep, and we're going to tell you about uh, how to get yourself prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my Patriot Supply. I'm not going I'm, I'm to. You know, I'm, I'm not going to keep the drama up. It's my Patriot Supply. That's that's where it Thank should be. You. I'm not trying to trying to Thank bury you. the big reveal at the end of this. Yeah, it's freaking my Patriot Supply. They're the ones that do this <laughs> best. You should go there and get your stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and nobody can do better than uh, than ten dollars for a seventy-two hour emergency food supply. It's it's pretty incredible. You just immediately see sixty percent off the normal price, and you eat for seventy-two hours in any kind of an emergency. Whether it's you just got snowed in for three days, uh, or there's an ice storm, as we've experienced in Dallas uh, from time to time, or you've got a hurricane or a tornado or you know whatever the case may be. You're ready. Yeah, I will You're say ready. there. Are, my Patriot Supply doesn't want to tell you about the cheaper options um, that are out there that you can utilize. Um, I don't know about any cheaper op- options. Right, well, the only one is theft. Theft. Uh, you have, okay. you have to steal. Right. If you steal your food, that you is can cheaper. get it cheaper. That uh, is, but, unless you spend some time in the slammer and you mm-hmm. have to pay a fine, then it may not turn out 
as cheap as you It's you'd possible like. it could be more expensive. And right. maybe there's some moral questions there, too. Maybe. Give them a call, 888-411-6844. Don't steal your food. No. Get it from my Patriot Supply. Preparewiththeblaze.com. Again, it's a better way to go, hour, sure. Yeah, 72-hour yeah. uh, food supply uh, for an emergency for 10 bucks. Why not spend $10 to get the uh, the basics that you need for an emergency like a natural disaster or whatever could come your way. 888-411-6844 or prepare with theblaze.com. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Talking a lot about uh, people making decisions uh, that are poor, um, and that's been happening throughout the election process. And I uh, just wanted to just say hello to a guy on the show who said uh, made a lot of really bad decisions in his life, and has uh, hurt a lot of people, and and really ruined uh, not only his life but the life of the lives of the people around him. Uh, Jeff mm. Fisher, Jeffy, uh, there he is. Mm. Yeah, I know, I know, mm. Jeffy. He doesn't. <laughs> That worked out well. <laughs> that looked pretty good. That worked out well. Like, yeah, good. it worked out well. Yeah. Shut yeah. up. Shut up. You're uh, you moron, fat so. Yeah, you're you're overweight, okay. Jeffy. Did you hear that? Did you hear that, Jeffy? Uh oh wait, there he is. Now he's now he's a giant face with a Jeffy's out today, by the way. But we're gonna try to fake it. Because I mean really, what does yeah. he do here? We tried to get uh like a balloon drop. I wanted eighty five thousand balloons to be dropped in celebration. Uh, this is a oh, live vaca- look Jeffy vacation cam. Jeffy, when Jeffy goes on vacation, this is what he does. He just spends time with his animal crackers. Yeah, this is uh, why we make the the addendum to the uh, 72-hour kit offer um, mm-hmm. with uh, my patron supply. And that it's not 72 hours for Jeffy. It's, no, it's, like, it's about seven, seven minutes. Seven minutes. 7.2 minutes no food for Jeffy. So <laughs> That's a legit. That was him at probably uh, either one of his, his fattest or close to fattest. I think he claims that's not his fattest. Yeah, uh, I think he does. That's why I said close. He, but he's, it's, he's lost over 100 pounds from that uh, moment. The animal cracker. The, the famed uh, animal. It's like the Zapruder film around here. Mm-hmm. The animal cracker photo. <laughs> I wish we had the other one. I, I I don't know. Maybe we do somewhere locked away in the archives. But the one where he's imitating the fattest man alive. Oh, yeah. That's that, that was a great one. And he always says it was this great acting ability mm. where he looked exactly like the fattest man alive with the toast on his chest. <laughs> I, he didn't. That wasn't much of a stretch for him. Right. At the time. Yeah, probably. At the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all right. So uh, we were. Uh, Jeffy actually is the voice of many of the fantastic Flemlasky Velveeta commercials uh, back in the day. He w- this is back. Mm-hmm. We we actually did these originally. Um, 
many years ago on the radio show. Um, and it was this fake battle between two congressmen. You never really learn what party they're in. Uh, they're just kind of just, and all they do is really attack each other. Uh, and it was kind of like talking about how um, the politics are just pointless. You get to this level where just people are just saying things about each other and they don't no longer even attach to issues. They're not even like, they're just insults and, and fear-mongering and all the things that happen with every single campaign that I've ever seen in my entire life. When you get to like that, that period in like October where it's nonstop political ads on every single radio station or television station. Um, so uh, we, this is uh, our next uh, group of, of Flem Lasky Velveeta uh, commercials. As this election gets closer and closer between these two, who knows what will happen? Watch. Change. It's time for change. But not just any change. Change for the sake of change isn't change at all. But real change is a change for America. If you're sick and tired of the same old politicians in Washington, vote Harold Flem Lasky for change. However, it's time for someone to be clear on change for a change. Change is not always good. For example, if you elect Flem Lasky for Congress this election, next election won't be time for change. But we'll cross that bridge once we vote for change in Washington. Harold Flem Lasky, a candidate who supports change, but if elected will change his position on change. That's the Flem Lasky promise, and that will never change. Harold Flemlasky calls for change in Washington, but what kind of change is he talking about? Prostitution, drugs, rape, drive-by shootings, spousal abuse, and genocide are all currently illegal. Will Harold Flemlasky change that? We just don't know. Don't you owe it to the race that might be wiped off the planet by the Flemlasky genocide to use your vote for safety? Vote for safety. Say no to genocide. Vote Ernie Velveeta for Congress. George W. Bush. Harold Flemlasky. George W. Flemlasky. Harold W. Bush. Can you risk it? Pay for my friends of Ernie Velveeta who remind you to please record this commercial and play it to your friends because he just ran out of money. Are you better off than you were two years ago? Probably not with all this cancer. While Ernie Velveeta watched TV, raked leaves, and went to his cousin's wedding, cancer continued to spread. But there is hope. Harold Flemlasky has spent the last few weeks curing cancer, and his work is finally done. So your choice is simple. Vote for Ernie Malignant Velveeta and stay the course on the war on cancer. Or vote for Harold Benign Flemlasky and see if he has the cure. Harold Flemlasky. At least he claims he's cured cancer. Does Harold Flemlasky have amnesia? He doesn't even know. How would he know? If he had it, he would have forgotten it. If Harold Flemlasky can't remember his own diseases, how can we be sure he won't infect our children? Hey, boy, I forgot. 
Godt. Uh, just like every other progressive policy, it's never about what they say it's about. Latest example is the soda tax in Philadelphia. Yes, that's still, for some reason, it's still rolling around here. Um, it's always been about obesity, though, in the past. We've always heard it's important. It's, a, it's about obesity, Pat. It's about health. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the New York Times uh, notes a, quote, novel strategy, end quote, mm. uh, that the soda tax movement is now getting picking up, which is they are just actually admitting that it's about money. This is from the New York Times. Soda taxes have usually been proposed as public health measures to discourage people from drinking sugary beverages, which have been linked to obesity, diabetes, and tooth decay. Aware of the political challenges, uh, Philadelphia tried a novel strategy to promote the tax. Instead of selling it as a nanny state measure meant to make the city healthier, uh, the mayor presented it as a big untapped source of revenue that could be used to pay for popular initiatives, including expanded pre-kindergarten and renovations of city libraries and recreation centers. This is a side point, Pat. Do we need libraries anymore? <laughs> I know this I, is a, I, I know I'm in the minority here. I don't know about that. I mean, I, I don't think so. Right? We have the you got internet, a library in my pocket right? right now. Yes, exactly. And so does almost everyone else. Now, if you want to have a little... Is that a library in your pocket, or <laughs> you just happen to see me? <laughs> nah, it's a library in my pocket. You access basically to everything. Yeah. Uh, every piece of information you could ever want yep. on the internet. Um, not to mention, in addition to that, if you wanted to do... I, mean, I would say it should never be funded by uh, public, with the exception of like archives. I can see that being a public uh, use. You know, the Library of mm -hmm. Congress, for example. Uh, but I mean, a, a, a local library. I mean, if you wanted to have a room with a few computers in it, it's probably money better. You know, spending it better than having a giant place of books that you know it's just not necessary anymore, is it? Separate. But of course, that's what they're getting people to pay for because people love libraries. Mm -hmm. I need to do an anti-library rant on Wonderful World Stew yes. at some point. Just yes. a jihad against libraries. Uh, in case you didn't get the message from the quote from the Philly mayor, the mayor's spokesperson clears it up. Quote, it was always about the revenue. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. But it's also, Pat, about income inequality, of course. Again, from the Times, some city council members felt uncomfortable with the possible regressive nature of the soda tax. Poor people tend to drink more sugary beverages than higher earners. The decision to include diet drinks was an effort to spread the tax burden up the income scale. Now, number one, you know how I feel mm. about my diet soda. It's a little Diet, diet Coke today. You like it's it? It's the beverage of the day. You like it? I'm a fan. Right. Okay. Uh, it is life. Mm -hmm. It's that important to me. Um, it's the most important product uh, <clears throat> basically produced by America, in my particular opinion. So stay away from it, okay? And uh, number two, all of these things, every one of these policies, Pat, is always about income inequality. More generally, they're always about control. They are never, 
ever, ever about health. Ever. That is, they do not care about your health, which in theory is actually fine with me because it's another freaking business. But of course, they're constantly using that as an argument to get more control and more money. Mm -hmm. Either way, get the government out of our straws. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am, they're talking about, I think it's three cents an ounce or something like that on soda. That's a lot. I mean, I, it just, was significant. I think we figured on, a, uh, didn't we figure on a 16 ounce bottle, it would now cost you, uh, was it 40 cents more? Yeah. I think, yeah, I was thinking a 28 ounce bottle was 60 cents more. I think is the yeah, reason yeah, why it was like, it was something they ridiculous. Did, I couldn't believe how much it was. I think they did wind up lowering it a little bit because they added it to diet sodas. But I mean, so now mm. they're saying, well, juice... Uh, is uh, if it's 50% juice, then you're fine. Now, there is no reason to honestly believe that juice is, with all the sugar that comes in juice, is that much more healthy for you than any sugary drink. No, but they're admitting in Philadelphia that's not what it's about. Right. It's, it's about money. They're saying it's about money. I mean, that's an interesting, novel, and kind of refreshing approach, at least. At least they're telling, we're, hey, we're just bilking you. Yeah. We're just bilking you to build a library. I mean, I... I if they are so stupid mm-hmm. in Philadelphia and so socialist, then they deserve this. I mean, they when they're when they're putting it right out there and saying, "Hey, we, we just want to take a bunch of your money because um, we're going to build libraries and improve a rec center." I mean, then you deserve what you get. Yeah, you do. Uh, and it's interesting. I, I mean, I think it's refreshing the approach to just admit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also depressing that the people go for it because it looks like it will pass. Oh, good gosh. Does it really? Yeah. And they're saying that they're saying that this is the new way to do this because it's one of the first ones that's actually been able to go through. The that only other city in America that has a soda tax right now is Berkeley. Just yeah, Berkeley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even San Francisco. Right. Not even New York. They tried Close very to hard. San Francisco. But though. Philly is going to be the big one, really. I mean, it's Philly's going to be the first well, really big it, city. And, it, and then all the dominoes will fall. Once they see that worked and, yeah. and the residents voted for it, New York will be on the bandwagon. L.A. will be on Chicago. They'll, yeah. they'll all follow suit. And you know why it works? Because it works for everything. It yeah. doesn't have to be soda. Anytime you tell people, well, you'll be able to get something that you want to use for free by somebody else paying for it, it works all the time. Sure. You know who realized that? Was the founders, who said you should never do it because of that reason. Mm-hmm. Because you can pay, if you're mm-hmm. using someone else's money to get something that you might theoretically use to your own benefit, people are gonna for, vote free, for that. of course they're going to benefit for it. Yeah. Of course they are. Although in this one, when it's soda and, and the poor drink more than the rich... Well, who's going to be paying the lion's share of this tax then? The poor are. Well, yeah, and that was their argument, which, again, I don't find that to be compelling. Um, you know, obviously, anyone who is, uh, it shouldn't be done anyway. Right. So the idea that it's going to hit a group more than the other group is a secondary concern. But the way they handle it here is interesting. They're using an income inequality argument and taxing something they don't believe is making people obese mm-hmm. because they want more money and to spread out the income inequality argument. Because I guess, I, which I had so never heard before, that man. apparently more rich people drink diet soda than poor people, which, okay, I mean, I've never, I didn't know that, but... Uh, and I don't know that that's necessarily all that well-founded. I mean, it, one of the arguments they use all the time about uh, food deserts is that, well, the nutrients that people in rich areas are getting, they're going to Whole Foods, and everyone else is going to McDonald's, and they're not getting... You go through the numbers, and despite income, the fat percentage, the vitamin percentage, the mineral percentage, all the things that are supposedly important about your health wind up being the same across all incomes. People like food. They eat the food they want. 
I mean, generally speaking, there's, of course, healthy people uh, in the poorest areas and healthy people in the richest areas. But generally speaking, we're a bunch of fat people that eat what we want. Generally speaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to talk mm-hmm. about that's something that's not so general it would be Jeffy, who is specifically doing that right now. Uh, imagine I wish, I, that, that was a live shot about 15 minutes ago, and we, just, uh, we recorded it. No, no, he's, he's still there. Yeah, he's, he's still sitting he's there. He's just eating more. Just, yeah. um, the interesting thing about uh, that is if, if there was an animal cracker tax, holy crap, Jeffy would. Uh, he'd, I mean, he would support the entire budget of the United States. generations of the Fisher family. It's <laughs> 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 a good point. It's a good point. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the, is the program. Do you, or number. Do you, do you think, Pat, that there is a. Is the vice tax thing something that is. A good idea or a bad idea to fund a government? We all know it's a that. bad idea. I think it is, too, because then you have... The problem is, what do you pick as a vice? Like, I think we could all say, I don't know... Uh, cigarettes. Like, cigarettes is an easy one, right? Like, Alcohol. Everyone agrees that cigarettes are bad for you in some respect. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of arguments to say that they're terrible for you. There's a lot of arguments to say they're just pretty bad for you. But they're somewhere on the bad scale. Um, and so... Everyone could say we want to discourage the use of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So we put taxes on them. Because when you put a tax on something, uh, you're going to discourage it happening. Which is an interesting thing when you fund most of your government by an income tax. Um, you are discouraging the work you're supposed to be encouraging. Um, so that's why I think that's a bad thing. The idea of uh, a, a sin tax is, is, is interesting, though it's about picking the sin. Um, and, uh, you know, what most often is they just pick whatever the, the boogeyman of the day is. They, you, they will pick uh, fossil fuels and say that's a sin to use fossil fuels. They will, your car, your a mileage tax is another thing they've thrown around so many times. Obviously, obviously the gasoline tax already exists. Um, and they will try to say the lottery uh, is another thing. They'll use something like that yeah. to get people to, mm-hmm. to do it. But, I mean... At least the only thing about a syntax, which is slightly better, is at least you have a chance to opt into it. You know, you, you can say, I'm never going to drink a soda again, and you will never have to pay a dime in taxes. And I think that that is something that is um, it's something that people like at some level, even though they're probably going to wind up drinking soda anyway. They at mm. least know they have a chance to get out of it, um, which is why, like, you know, it's about the Obamacare individual mandate. You know, we all sat here and said, like, I hate programs that take money from people to give it to others to pay for their uh, their stuff. They should be paying for their own stuff. However, when you individually, when you mandate that I have to enter into an insurance policy, that is the worst part of Obamacare to me. Um, You know, we have a lot of programs that take money from one person and give it to another for for free stuff uh, so they can have it for free. We do not have a lot of programs that mandate you be involved in them. Um, and th- that's the most frustrating part of that for me. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. There's some arguments that you, I guess you could make for a syntax. I, but overall, we, we should be taxing uh, the people a lot less no matter how it's done. And I think people would be a lot happier. No doubt. Uh, by the way, uh, Bernie Sanders has just come out of the meeting with Obama and uh, made a statement vowing to fight on. So the race continues. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's just a waste of time. It's just a waste of time and money and effort and 
and national discussion. And get out. And you can make a strong argument that this is good for Republicans. I, um, I guess uh, because yeah, you, I guess. you want Hillary to yeah, yeah, expend resources on, on right. him. Uh, although yeah. uh, it did this, uh, we talked about this a little bit. I think off the air yesterday. The California one was interesting because the idea that that was a still a contested race, which it wasn't a contested race by California. The AP had already called it, but the fact that the Democrats made it look like a contested race, some people were saying, "Well, why doesn't Hillary just come out and just say this is over? I'm not fighting this anymore. Uh, this is over. I can't, you know, I've won this election." One of the arguments for that was in California there is an open open Senate primary in which uh, there's like I think there's 37 candidates. And what they do in California is the primary, you can vote for any of the 37 candidates, the top two go to the general. So Mm. the top two go against each other. What wound up happening is because there was not a contested convention on the Republican side, no Republican voters showed up. So the Democrats wound up getting all of the voters that came in for this contested election, and the top two wound up being Democrats. So now the Senate race... Every race? In the Senate, just this one Senate race. Oh. A Senate race wound up being Democrat versus Democrats. That sucks. Which is, you know, so it was actually smart strategy if they did it it intentionally. Yeah. um, Which I don't know that they did, but uh, I wouldn't put it past them. 888-727-BECK. More patents, too. Coming up. Back, it's Pat and Stu. Uh, there's some local people that are up in arms over a new fetish store in Illinois. And obviously, um, as big supporters of the ABF our community, we are totally on board with this, and we are totally no behind uh, our friends in the ABDL community. Mm-hmm. The ABDL community has been discriminated against since as long as I can remember. Time that. immemorial, or something. Mm-hmm. And we're sick of it. We're frankly sick and tired of it, all right, as members of the ABF ANR community. I can tell you, we have a member of the ABDL community on our show uh, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffy, of course, is... Uh, Jeffy, there he is. Yeah, there he is. There he is, uh, a proud we- member of the adult baby diaper lovers community. All right. Um, uh, that's what we would so. say. How long is? I mean, he's been telling us about this ABDL, ABDL, and we're like, what is, mm-hmm. what's ABDL? We didn't know. This is years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we understood. <laughs> we as soon as we heard about it, we immediately accepted the choice and became activists for it. Yes, that's it, it, exactly <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here in this hateful uh, Illinois town, Illinois town of Prospect. Dozens of re- residents showed up at a village hall Tuesday night calling for the business to be shut down or moved. Can you believe this? However, officials said they had no legal basis to bar the business. Tykables, uh, which includes, uh, I guess it has features like a seven-foot crib, an oversized high chair, and an adult-sized playpen. Mm-hmm. So... They say this as if it's, there's something wrong with it. Right? Which there's not, by the way. Right? Uh, and uh, and you, there's something wrong with you if you don't agree with this. And per, you know what? Honestly, participate in it. If you, if you do not quite go to honestly, the store 
and you're in this yeah. area. Not just tolerate, but you must embrace and adopt. I think so. This lifestyle. Yeah, I think so. Uh, instead, one concerned resident said, it's hard for us to swallow in this community. Why? Because you hate? Because huh. you hate choices? Bigots? Hmm. Uh, he's getting his party, uh, he's getting his party go in there, and we're supposed to get, what does that mean? He's getting his party go in there, uh, and we're supposed to sit back and watch. Now, that doesn't even make sense. Oh. Uh, they're not having sex with their diapers on. They're having people feed them and act like a baby. Act? Explained one resident. I'm sorry, act like a baby? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, they identify as a baby. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. They're acting like anything. This is not an act mm -hmm. for your, your titillation. This is a real thing. Mm -hmm. These are real people. And to and prove you it. you must respect it. Well, but, but way beyond ex respect, you must embrace and adopt. That's just the next uh, two that's, steps. That's, that's all. Our, that's I mean, our it's not a big stance deal. on this. And, and here's here's proof that it's actual and real, and it's happening right now. And it's uh, here's a Tykeable store walkthrough uh, to to prove our point. Um, here's the wonderful store. There. Hi. Okay. Hi. Okay. I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. Many of you may know <clears throat> me. We do. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm one of the owners of Tykables. Mm -hmm. And this is our store. He's a little disappointed. Our actual that's... brick and mortar store. Mm -hmm. We have our six foot tall diaper tree. After about uh, mm -hmm. five or six iterations, here it is. This guy's made for TV, I'll tell you. <laughs> He's Please don't jump into it. It took forever to build. <laughs> Okay. Then we have. Then you have a big crib. Our crib. Right. It is seven and a half feet tall. Um, you are not getting into this without assistance. I don't care how tall you are. What if I'm eight foot nine? <laughs> but it is a lot of fun. We'll have some teddy bears and other things like that in there as the days go by. Mm -hmm. We're constantly going to be adding things to it, to the entire space, in fact. Okay. We definitely want to fill the space with. Things for people to come and play. Take pictures. Um, not everybody has access to a nursery. Mm. So one of the things we wanted to do was provide one. Later, we'll actually build out our, our ball pit that we had a Capcom. Mm -hmm. And it'll be much bigger. Okay. But right now, all mm -hmm. the bricks that we have are in a window to provide a little bit of privacy. Mm. Why do they need to have privacy? Mm. They feel the need to create a private Our space is here. We'll be adding to it. I hope Come so. Join us. Come see us. There. Uh, <laughs> is that? A, I mean, first of all, is well, it a real thing or is he a, is he joking? Oh no, that's real. That's absolutely real. Um, and I will say, uh, you know, first mm. they came for the ABDL community, and I said nothing because I was not in the ABDL community. Then they came for the ABF ANR community, and, and I you, said nothing because yeah. I am not in the ABF ANR community. What's next? Right. I don't want you to answer that, but but I just want you to think about it. Um, the, uh, the honest question I have here, though, after our heaping, you, you know, uh, mm -hmm. amounts of sarcasm, is is that a legit business? Like, can you support a brick and mortar store that invites people to come and pay to put diapers on and sit in a seven foot crib? Is that a legit? Like, is that a moneymaker? Well. Is it a moneymaker? It doesn't seem like it would be. How many people have that fetish? I've right. never heard of it. 
Well, you, Jeffy, you, you, I mean, you like to get into baby diapers and what? I mean, that's first of all sick and weird. Oh my, oh my god! <laughs> yes. Wow, you sorry? Crossed, you crossed I'm sorry. If you're turned line. on by baby stuff, you are flat out. Ill and B. I will say the reason we know about okay. that, of course, is that's where Jeffy is on vacation right now. Uh, and at the store. As seven foot crib. He took the video. I could, but I, I, I can't. Uh, Jeffy, walk Being us so through selfish. this next uh, segment about Iran and such. Jeffy, Jeffy? there and there is. Yeah, you don't want so. to comment on it. Are you surprised? <laughs> but yeah, okay. Well, there he, there he is. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty. Uh, that's typical yeah, of that's when he's way. here. I mean, it really that's is about what we, we get out really, of him. What if we just license this footage from Jeffy for like $8 and then fire him? Something like that. Right? Would anybody know the difference? No. No. And then you have him say, yeah. once in a while and you're done. Hmm. You're all set. Uh, one of the unexpected results of Obama's new opening uh, to Iran is that U.S. taxpayers are now funding both sides of the Middle East's arms race. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, the U.S. is deliberately subsidizing defense spending for allies like Egypt and Israel. Uh, now the U.S. is inadvert- inadvertently paying for some of Iran's military expenditures as well. And it starts with the uh, $1.7 billion the U.S. Treasury wired to Iran's central bank in January during a delicate prisoner swap and the implementation of last summer's nuclear deal to resolve a longstanding dispute about Iran's uh, purchases their arms purchases before the revolution in 79. For months, it was unclear what Iran's government would do with this money, but last month, the mystery was solved. Iran's Guardian Council approved the government's 2017 budget, instructed the central bank to transfer the $1.7 billion mm-hmm. to the military. Isn't that... That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. And... And? You sound like someone who is mm-hmm. critical of the ABDL community uh, I, when you start talking I about that. I don't believe I was saying anything well, about I mean, it's just the same ignorance is what I'm saying. Okay. Really? Yes. You have a problem with, with a bunch of you know a bunch of money going somewhere. Yes. So what? in this case, to this place, yes, yes, I do. My money going to oh, Iran. Oh, Iran's why? Because they're defense. foreigners. Because you don't like people who are brown or look different from you. <laughs> no, because they consider us the great Satan. And I don't really want to fund that. So you're against Satanists? Well, yes. Oh, my gosh. You heard it here, folks. Yes. Pat Gray, hater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's only the $1.7 billion, And that's what we need to focus on here. Um, yeah. It's almost no money. Um, now, is it more money than you will ever pay in your entire... Think, I always mm-hmm. think of it. I, you want to get your soul crushed, go through this analysis for once. You, the amount of money you will spend in taxes over your entire life 
will mm-hmm. not come to. It'll be like a fraction. Won't even be a fraction. Not of even this. close to one percent of what they just sent over to freaking Iran's military. Your entire life's work, you will funnel money to the government every year, and all of that time combined will not even be one percent or even close to one percent of what we're just throwing to Iran. A story that no one will notice. That is why this uh, the tax situation is is so infuriating. I mean, the turtle tunnel. You know, the thing that people, mm-hmm. the, 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 the bridge to nowhere, all of these things, not even a tiny, tiny fraction of that will be paid by every dollar you ever make and send to the government. I mean, yeah, what the, the eternal tunnel cost, was it two and a half million, if I remember it was right? definitely in the million. I think the is, turtle tunnel was two and a half, two point seven million, something mm-hmm. like that. There, there's no way the average American is going to pay two and a half million in their, in their lifetime in taxes. I mean... And that doesn't even pay. So everything you do in your lifetime doesn't pay for the turtle tunnel alone, let alone the $1.7 billion going to Iran's military. It, it, it's enough to piss you off a little bit. Jeffy, uh, how much of the money that you've made has ever gone to taxes? You forgot to turn your mic on. Your, your, mic, your mic's not on. <laughs> Jeffy, your, your mic's... Jeffy. All right, this he, seriously works just <laughs> fine. Just as good as That's the real Jeffy. That's all we need. In fact, I mean, again, there we are... We just saved ourselves four ninety five a year. Yeah. $4.95 a year. I will say it's it's uh, it's honestly a hell of a lot better than Jeffy because we get the same input, the same quality. Uh-huh. We just don't have to be in the room with Jeffy. <laughs> which Because, I mean, a lot of that, you know, you guys don't see the, where the real work comes in in our right. work day, which is in the breaks where we actually have to talk to him. Yeah. And that's, oh, God. Oof, man, you oh. have no idea. Have an update for you, too, on net neutrality, uh, which we talked about quite a bit last year. Um, T-Mobile is allowing you to stream unlimited audio from services like Spotify and unlimited audio from services like YouTube, Netflix, and others without accounting against your data. Uh, a really cool and positive development for T-Mobile customers, except... Net neutrality. Mm. Exempting some service providers from data limits, a practice known as zero rating, is controversial. Uh, Many believe the practice violates net neutrality, the idea that all Internet traffic should be treated in the same way by Internet providers. Although the FCC didn't ban zero rating outright as part of the sweeping net neutrality regulations it enacted last year, it did reserve the right to evaluate zero rating on a case-by-case basis. Uh, when the practice affects competition. So think about this for a second. T-Mobile, again, we're, we're told net neutrality is supposed to help us. It's supposed to be good for customers. We don't want these evil co- companies to come down and treat data differently. Right. So T-Mobile says, you know what? We want to attract people we, to our company. We want uh, to show that we can, they can watch as much Netflix as they want. They can, they can listen to Spotify whenever they want. Mm-hmm. So they exempt these companies, these big data, uh, video companies and audio companies, uh, from your data, which is where all your data goes. I mean, if you're wa- if you happen to watch, uh, you know, Netflix uh, on on a on a train, or you uh, you know you pop up a few YouTube videos a day, you're eating your data constantly. So they come up with a great idea and say you can stream all of these services as much as you want, and you'll ha- it won't even go towards your total data amount. And then the people who like net neutrality are saying, wait a minute, that's not fair. You're treating that data different than the other data. 
You are violating net neutrality. So now the idea that you're violating net neutrality is now causing more money to be spent by consumers who probably, all these stupid people that never looked at it, are actually probably praising net neutrality and saying it's such a good idea. Now, so far, they haven't take action, taken action against T-Mobile because they haven't ruled against it yet. And it's not explicitly limited. Although many of the net neutrality people want to do this. And if it goes to, you know, whatever court makes these decisions, they very well might decide uh, that they are in violation of the law um, by letting people watch more YouTube videos. By the way, the Blaze uh, not exempted on this particular uh, in- in- initiative. Um, T-Mobile, though, is actually doing uh, s- some interesting things with this, uh, just separately um, uh, from uh, the net neutrality part of this. They're giving away shares of stock if you go and sign up to T-Mobile, and they're giving away pizza. Which I'm like, that's... Uh, pizza? I-, I, am, I am in for the pizza part of it. Uh, if you can get me pizza, I'll pretty much sign up for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, let's see if this actually happens. But the way that they're doing it is the, um, the, uh, the sites they're going to give you free data on are Amazon Music, ESPN Radio, um, uh, Epics, Nickelodeon, Spike TV, or Spike TV, TV Land, um, then Amazon um, video, HBO Now, Hulu, Netflix, Sling TV, YouTube, Apple Music, Jeez, Google Music, Pandora, Rhapsody, and Spotify. It's basically everything you use your everything. phone for outside of email. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, and, uh, and like reading stories. But like, I mean, if you're going to use so, multimedia. And then it doesn't even cost toward the data cost. usage. Yeah, and I go over my data all the time. It's incredible. It's a great idea and a great service. It's incredible. And of course, net neutrality people, no, you can't do that. Like, that's exactly what they should be doing, trying to make it easier uh, for customers. Um, But no, apparently not. And I guess because that's mean to what Vimeo or whatever uh, other competing video service there is. Well, and the Blaze. Yeah, I guess. As you said, we're not included in it. And here we are in favor of it. I mean, I think it's uh, it's a great service. It's a great service. It's really cool. They're doing some pretty good stuff at T-Mobile right now. T-Mobile and Sprint are both really trying, it seems like, uh, to get into this, uh, to break up, I guess, what Verizon has going. Yeah, and and, uh, it's amazing. Um, Have you seen the new commercial? And this is an interesting conversation Mm -hmm. outside of these these phone companies. But the guy, remember the guy who was like, can you hear me now? Yes. Good, good. It was Verizon, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah, it was Verizon. That was Verizon. Can you hear me now? Good. Mm -hmm. Can you hear me now? Good. That guy, that campaign ended, right? Yep. A few years pass. He's now been hired by, I think it's Sprint, to do commercials for Sprint. And he comes out and he goes, hey, remember me? I used to tell you, uh, can you hear me now? No. Well, you know what? It's 2016, and all these networks are now the same. You might as well go for the best price. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> like, you That's think that if you a hire good idea. a guy to be the face of this good campaign... Idea. Uh, you would. Is, is there a way to say, look, you can never go work for a competing uh, phone company? But I would say that's probably unconstitutional. You probably well, can't. Well, everybody. I mean, how many times have we signed non compete clauses? Right. A, but, a lot of times, but it can't last forever. Right. I mean, you can't say you can never work for anybody ever again. You can't work for another, even a competitor. Like, you know, if we were to leave. Uh, Unless yeah, they a radio continue station. to pay. Sometimes you could do this. Like, if it was Verizon and this guy signed a contract with them, they could say you can't work for another competing company as long as we're paying you 
your severance or whatever the agreement yes. is in the in the contract. But, but usually that's you know, let's say a maximum of a year. Yeah, right? usually it's, it's usually a six year. months. Now, if they're year. paying your contract out, that's another story. I mean, if they're yeah. paying you, they can make you sit on the sidelines usually. Yeah, for three years or whatever. But 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 what, like if I if I'm at a radio station in Dallas and they and I uh, leave. They will probably have a non compete with me and say that you can't go to another Dallas radio station for three to six months. Mm-hmm. Now, those things are, uh, even as written like that, are. They've been challenged. Challenged and defeated often. It depends mm-hmm. on how they're written most of the time. Because most judges un- will rule that you have a right to go earn a living. Right. Now, but again, it's different if they continue to pay you during that time period. Right, exactly. Because even, even if you've signed it, most of the time, they're going to overturn these things. Most of the time. And outside of media, it's even more. Like, you try to get some guy who's your accountant to not be to mm-hmm. not go to another com- competing firm to be an accountant, it's really hard. But, I mean, for, there's obviously additional things when it comes to being on the air because you are saying something about the company. This person uh, who, you know, can you hear me now? Good. That guy was the face of the company, and they spent millions of dollars to put his face in places to associate it with Verizon and be a trusted voice, right? A trusted mm-hmm. uh, spokesperson. Now that trusted spokesperson with all of the Ver- uh, Verizon money uh, behind it to get him to be well-known is now using... Uh, Sprint has stepped in and said, all right, well, you know what? We'll pay you. You come in and say that, you know, there's BS. I was lying before. Or not lying before, which would probably be too much. But to just say, look, things have changed. The new information says go with Sprint. I mean, it's kind of an interesting thing. And I... It I'm is. surprised it doesn't happen more. Like, why doesn't the most interesting man in the world wind up talking for Budweiser in a couple of years? I mean, you'd think that... That'd be brilliant yeah, on right? Budweiser's part. Yeah, I mean, you could bring those people back. that's a great ad campaign. Yeah, and now it's over for Dos Equis. Is it over? Yeah. They, just, they, they stopped doing it? Yeah, I think his Super, Bowl, his Super Bowl commercial was the last one. Really? Yeah, he went into Have space. Have they said why? He or? went into space. I mean, he took a rocket ship to Mars. I mean, he's not going to come back and do commercials. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad you're following the news, Pat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was the last one. Though. He said they just, he decided was he tired of doing it? Uh, no, I do not think no. so. Uh, he, he was very he very much liked the campaign. However, they just felt it run, ran its course. Now, this guy was an I, ac- actor, yeah, uh, a, a character actor, and had been in you know a few things here and there. Um, they put him in for this campaign, and part of the campaign was you can't do anything else. So even though he was wow. so well known, he could have had a lot of acting gigs. But they said, this is your exclusive gig. And I think they were paying him a million dollars a year. So he's making a million dollars a year for Dos Equis, and now he can go back to regular acting again. Nice. But you have to believe this guy's going to make cameos all over the place in movies now. He's so well known for the Dos Equis thing. Yeah. You know? And again, what I thought was one of the things I thought was so brilliant about that campaign is that you got the most interesting man in the world. You've set him up that way already. He's got chicks, he's got the coolest jobs, he does the coolest vacations. And he doesn't, when he goes ahead and relaxes at the end of a night, he doesn't always choose beer. I don't always drink beer. And he tells you that straight out at mm-hmm. the beginning. Yeah. Unlike most products that are going to, tr- are going to try to tell you, we, you should always use our product. So first of all, he sets a premise. I don't always, I don't always drink beer. But when I do, I prefer, not even I demand, I must have I prefer Dos Equis. I thought it was just yeah. absolutely brilliant. It is, it is. I mean, just absolutely brilliant. And, you know, and, and there's been a few companies that have tried this to varying levels of success, where like you're kind of saying something about your company 
that you wouldn't normally say. Uh, Dos Equis, why would but you say But it makes the whole that, thing right, believable. It does. You buy in. You know, I, D- Domino's kind of did this when uh, they, they were Domino's was great, too. Uh, of, of a pizza. They said, look, our like. pizza's no good. Yeah, it's not that good. And it comes, <laughs> a, lot of times, a lot of times we deliver it, and there's cheese stuck to the roof of the box, and it's really it's not cold. that tasty. Yeah. You yeah. know what? We're solving those things, yeah. and we want you to come in and try our new pizza. And so, like everyone else in America, probably, I went you're, in and tried the pizza. And you know Me what? Too. I did like it better. And it was better. Um, and it was better. And they did a good mm. job. And they, they opened my mind a little bit to trying Domino's again. I still smart. prefer something else, but... Yeah. But uh, when I have pizza, I prefer something else. <laughs> but I will I will eat <laughs> Domino's. <laughs> All right. More patents, too, coming up. That's a that. really funny way to go. It is. Look, it uh, is. I, I really like I still prefer pizza. something other than Domino's. Yeah. I mean, if, but if I don't have a choice but. or in a new area where I don't know the pizza places, I'll order Domino's. <laughs> go ahead. And try it. I mean, it's not that bad, you know? Quickly to wrap up the last segment, Pat. Um, yeah. So Verizon rolled out that commer- their ad campaign in 2002. Um, so uh, they asked Verizon. Wow, it's ab- been that long. Yeah, as they asked them about. Uh, I think it ran to 2011. I think it says in his article. Um, yeah, Tower said Verizon or Tovar is the guy's name. Uh, used Verizon um, almost in, ten years in 2011. Um, so that was the last, uh, yeah, almost 10 years. That's a long time for a campaign. Um, and the Vi- Verizon vice president, Jeffrey Nelson, said uh, Verizon had little to say about the new advertising gig other than Paul's a great guy. He also um, said he was our pitchman in 2002. Sprint's network is catching up to where we were in 2002, so it makes sense they'd use the same pitchman. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's make a good, that's a a good response. Doesn't it. really explain what the contract was or how you control that as a business. I mean, it's a, you know, mm-hmm. I guess you can't. I mean, I, I think, I think honestly, it wouldn't work in court even if you had um, a a way to control that. You know, if you have someone, who, you know, It'd be uh, really hard. Right, it would be really hard because it's America and you have a right to work. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's no constitutional right to work. That would be Soviet. But if you're looking for work, you want to work, and somebody wants to hire you, then it's pretty hard to say, no, I'm sorry, you can't earn a living. Right. Yeah, and we try to avoid that here. Yeah, it's kind of an amazing... They're saying uh, that all, the, all the, the ad says all the networks are the same. We're now... Uh, Sprint is within 1% of, of, of Verizon. Now, I don't know if that's actually 1% true. of coverage or what? They say 1% of reliability, which, again, they, they constantly play with these um, terms. Although, uh, Sprint, I mean, you know, again, the network thing is so weird. It's like coverage is one big thing. Of course, in addition, what speeds you're getting at that, if you're covered. Like, I can be covered with old school crappy uh, cell phone coverage or data speeds. And then uh, it doesn't matter if, uh, you know, like, I have more coverage, but the coverage sucks. Mm -hmm. There's also reliability. Do you drop calls? All the things. They all try to find the little niche in which they're the best and then just talk about that one. Um, but so that's the uh, new sprint campaign. Kind of an interesting little turn. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um, also, the use of an IVF technique involving DNA from three different people to create a baby uh, has moved a step closer with a study that shows it's perfectly safe. 
<laughs> Scientists at Newcastle University are trying to help women who are at risk of passing on serious genetic uh, disorders to have a healthy child. Uh, last year, the UK approved laws to permit the procedure, which involves using uh, donor DNA from a second woman. The study in Nature found the technique will lead to normal pregnancies. The mm. process, known as early pronuclear transfer, involves removing the parent's key genetic material from an embryo within hours of fertilization, leaving behind the woman's faulty mitochondria. That's amazing. How do they know they're doing that? I know. I That's don't know. Amazing. That is amazing. I mean, and you know, in theory, you could understand it being great, right? I mean, like, yeah, you, you have this idea where you're taking mm -hmm. out uh, what might be flawed cells or a flawed uh, part of the DNA and replacing it with healthy DNA. And then you are having a child from three people, uh, three people's DNA going into it. What does that mean? Who knows? Well, it means a lot of no questions. more Jeffies. That's what it means. Well, I, I always thought Jeffy I had mean, DNA from like twelve to fifteen people. Yeah, but it's, it was all flawed. It was all bad. It was all flawed, yeah. yeah. They actually, they did this procedure like 20 times a long time ago. So if you left... all the flawed you, parts and then... And then yeah, and then they used him. So if you, you if you left behind all of the diseased or faulty mitochondria of Jeffy, it, there'd be no... No Jeffy. There'd be none of this. You wouldn't have that. Hey, a lot of people are arguing you know, for this. Well, a lot yeah, of people man. are saying this is a good thing. <laughs> The parental DNA, which contains all the key genes responsible for character and appearance, is then transferred. I, I, I don't know how they separate this. That is amazing. That, but, but it's transferred into a donor woman's embryo, uh, which has its nucleus removed, but contains the healthy mitochondria. Last year, the UK became the first country to approve laws to prevent the procedure. A study involving more than 500 eggs from 64 donor women found the new procedure didn't adversely affect embryo development and significantly reduced the amount of faulty mitochondria being passed on. So, did they grow the babies to term? Did they... And it couldn't have. That would couldn't be, have. It's, again, they're right? projecting, and it's a study. I guess this is the first step right? wow. before you try it. Um, I mean, that's, you're into dangerous territory here. Yeah, I mean, I, um, you know, it kind of it gives you that sort of sense, and this is something that you know, I think a lot of people believe is that you're just a, basically a, a group of cells, and you're a uh, you're every you know like you're just a a giant math problem, mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. and it's it's weird, like you know, for Penn Gillette talked about this a little bit um, when he was on with Glenn, that like he stopped eating basically every food that is desirable. Uh, and he lost over 100 pounds. I mean, he doesn't eat. He eats basically like vegetables. Fruit. No animal product whatsoever. No. Nope. Not just nope. meat, but no product nope. from an, no an animal. No dairy or anything. No, no dairy. No salt. No sugar. Although he claims not to be vegan. That sounds pretty vegan to me. Well, he uh, he's eating as a vegan. Um, I think what he doesn't like is the same thing I don't like about saying I'm a vegetarian is it just comes along with a lot of weird crap. Like everyone thinks you're a strange person, which, by the way, both myself and Penn probably are. Yeah. Uh, but that's besides the point. Um, it also, he is not it, like he's not a vegan for um, like ethical reasons or something. So like he was saying that um, I was talking to him a little bit off the air and he was saying that like. Um, when he every once in a while he'll just go off it completely, and he was saying that like mm. when his daughter um, had her birthday party uh, birthday they go out to eat, and the, she wanted to go to a steak restaurant and said you know daddy I want you to eat like normal so he just had a steak 
Like, so he's not, he's not like a vegan in that like he would never eat it. Mm -hmm. uh, he just chooses to eat that way every day. But what he was talking about when it, you know, we so, food is such a part of our culture and such a part of who we are, you know? I mean, uh, we all define ourselves by uh, many ways, the types of foods we eat. The cultures are constantly defined by the types of foods that a culture would eat. And his argument, and he said, he, I have not seen the studies, but he said there's plenty of studies to back this up, is that all of the cravings you have for food are cultural. They're all uh, nurture, not nature. Like the reason mm. you, you crave a grilled cheese because it has been something that you grew up with, that people around you ate, that you grew to like. If you, if you were the same person born in India, you would, you know, paneer would be the thing you crave. I don't know. So it's like a weird, I don't know if that's true, but that's the way a lot of people look at these things. And that like, it's not, it has nothing to do with, you know, these, these questions aren't quite as um, weird ethically as we think they are because we're essentially a giant math problem. You know, the math problem you put in India, you get paneer. You put in the United States, you get grilled cheese. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true, but I mean, it, I, it could be. I don't either. I, I, I'd be hard pressed. And I was really fascinated by his diet because he lost a pound a day for 90 days or 100 days or whatever yeah. it turned out to be. And uh, I just, I don't know what I'd eat. I'd love to do that. I just don't know what I'd eat. What would you eat if you couldn't eat? I mean, I, I guess you eat fruits. I don't fruits, like vegetables. any vegetables mm -hmm. other than corn, which is probably not good to eat for on a diet. Corn, peas, you know, potatoes. Well, I, yeah, there wouldn't be a lot to eat. There wouldn't be a lot to eat. I, I no bread. The issue here, and, and, and this is something that you can, I think, relate to, Pat, pretty well. Because the Pat diet, if I could define it, mm -hmm. the, the one that I am uh, aware of, yeah. is Pat eats once a day. Like when you're mm -hmm. losing weight, and yes. the pat way of losing, losing weight, weight is you eat once a, while, a day, but, mm -hmm. uh, and you will eat whatever I want. Eat pretty much whatever you want. Pretty much. Uh, you'll go to IHOP or something, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you'll eat once a day, and then you won't eat anything the rest of the day. Or you'll go, you'll eat right. once a day at dinner, but you won't have breakfast or yeah. lunch. And it's preferably early in the day, like two in the afternoon. Okay. I'll, I'll have my dinner, and that'll be it. Then that'll be it. And so, I, to me, the, what that indicates is that you're similar uh, to, to myself, uh, which is like, I'm not good at moderation on things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not good at being 10% under the food I'm supposed to eat for a long period of time. Right. I can't do that. I try to do that, and I fail all the time. Because I might do it for two weeks, but then you blow it, and mm -hmm. the gain you got in those two weeks is almost nothing. Yes. Like, I find it much harder to do the marathon. I'm much better. We do these, uh, you know, we've talked about them on the air before, the Fatty Five Challenge, these weight loss competitions with me and some of my friends. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's like you need to lose this much weight in this much time or you lose a bunch of money. And that mindset I'm able to comprehend. And I can mm -hmm. lose weight over those periods. And people will say, well, it's not a lifestyle change, though. You're only doing it. What happens afterwards? You gain that's back That's what I hear from my wife all the time. Exactly. And I think that's the standard. And there's, you know, there's like, truth to it. There absolutely is I truth mean, about we're, it. We're proof positive of that. But my, uh, my, so. my realization uh, recently, this predates when, when Penn was talking about it, is that I'm not going to do that. Like the what you're telling me as a like a plan is you're comparing this ideal way of eating, which is eating a little bit less than you should over a long period of time and eating only healthy things um, or mostly healthy things. And I can't I'm not comparing what I do with that. 
Yes, that's right. Some people can do that. You know what? Some people make the NBA, too. And that's not me. Okay? Like, I'm never going Mm -hmm. to actually achieve this wonderful lifestyle goal in which for seven straight years, I eat uh, 200 calories less than I'm supposed to and go to the gym every day. I'm never going to do that. So what I can take instead of me eating crappy all the time is me eating crappy part of the time and making hard rules for myself for when it's going well, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, um, not exactly what Penn's doing because he's, I think, really dove into this. But I think that the same rules apply to us in that, like, I work better under strict rules that I can't break over shorter periods of time. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can realize that on Thanksgiving and on vacation, I'm probably going to eat like a maniac. And then the point is, can I get back on it afterwards? But instead of trying to be like, I'm going to have a grilled chicken with broccoli every meal for the next 900 years. I'm a failure when I try to do that. Or do like the, uh, the Dwayne Johnson diet. Yeah. The rock. Yeah. Who eats nine pounds of fish a day or yeah. whatever it is? Uh, come on, I can't do that. But that's why I think like, do the low carb thing works well for. for uh, I know Glenn did this as well, but you, you did it at one point as well. Yep. Where like you have a hard rule, like you can do lots of things, but you yeah. can't cross this line. Yeah. And that's seemingly what works well for me to for get that less fat. six months or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I think it's, it's an interesting way of thinking about things. And I don't know, maybe uh, it's more of a guy thing. Like, I mean, maybe women have more, I know this is a shocking development, and I hate to say there's a difference between the genders, but maybe women have a little bit more self-control. Uh, it's possible. It's possible, it's possible that they're able yeah. to do those things more. I can't. Yeah. yeah I mean, me I just know I'm going to fail. Yeah. So instead, you go in and you, when you're on, the, on your game, you do as much damage as possible to uh, get off the, uh, the fat train. And when that's over, you know, you're probably going to have a couple bad weeks. But you know what? Take that as part of the package. Mm-hmm. That's part of the thing. It's part of the experience. Try to minimize it, mm-hmm. and then get back on the on the on the train. Exactly right. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents to come. Triple eight seven two seven back. Wallet Hub just ranked the fifty states and you know, through in DC as well. Uh, as far as their best economies, they have three areas of uh, economic health: economic health, acti- economic activity, and innovation potential. Potential. Uh, they looked at a number of different criteria, including GDP growth. Startup activity, unemployment rate, median household income, all of that stuff. So the states with the strongest economies are in dark blue on the map that we have here. Uh, and the weakest economies are in light gray. And you see that Texas is pretty much, pretty yes, blue. dark blue. Number one overall, however, Utah. Uh, total score of 71.55 out of 100. State also ranked number one in highest non-farm payrolls change and 
most independent inventor patents. Wow. Uh, Washington State tied for first for most uh, exports per capita. They were ranked second overall. California, Hmm. Massachusetts, and Colorado rounded out the top five. I'm kind of surprised California's in the top five. Well, you know, these things, you know, you never... It's like... These independent measures. I mean, like, what was the thing? Um, economic health. Okay, there's some yeah. statistic ways you could do that. Economic activity. Well, I mean, uh, you yeah, know, okay. They're yeah. going to be high in that. Innovation potential. How are you? I re- guess that's, like, that's not a the potential that we could innovate something in the future. That's probably like how many tech firms. Unless are here. you're talking about right? how many patents are pending, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you have some of that stuff, but I mean, like I. You know, I, I don't know. It seems a little... It's interesting. It would be interesting to see how how much we agreed with their, their would. metrics. Uh, yeah, but it, it really would. I think, but, but, you know, California's got freaking Silicon Valley in it. So, I mean, innovation is they're going to do really well there, obviously. True. Despite the fact that, you know, they'd probably do better. And many of these companies are moving to places like Texas because of the uh, tougher business environment. But still, Silicon Valley is Silicon Valley. Um, that's where pe- that's where it started, and that's where people are. Um, you know, Washington State, I guess, has some of that. Uh, Texas is doing pretty well here. On this, uh, the Northeast is actually pretty strong as well. And again, like I've lived in the Northeast most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it's I wouldn't say the economies are all that wonderful. There's a lot of earning there because because everything costs so much. Yeah. Um, so it depends on how right. you rate these things. And I will say, like places like uh, you know Connecticut, which is fairly blue, Massachusetts, New York. I mean. I don't know. I mean, some of those have really strong areas. Obviously, New York has New York City. Boston is in Massachusetts. But outside of those areas, I mean, you have a lot of uh, old, mm. older, you know, economy businesses, a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, manufacturing and things of that sort, which are great. But, you know, maybe not the thing that you would necessarily uh, tie to some vibrant economy at this point. Uh, now, at the bottom of the list, I mean, what would you expect? At the very bottom of the list, number 50 out of 50 states, <laughs> well, because, because it's it, always the same. It is, sadly. <laughs> and we love you. Single but. time. We love you. Uh, but Mississippi, I, <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Well, they I, usually, I will say, do finish first and fatten us often. <laughs> they do. Uh, which, by the way, I see as a positive. Uh, me uh, too. That means your food's good. Clearly. Uh, but still, it's, uh, it does seem to happen quite a bit. They had the lowest score of 3186 uh, they were 50th for GDP growth and dead last in median household income. Uh, Arkansas, West Virginia, Maine, and New Mexico also were down near the bottom of the list. So uh, there you go. But I, I don't know what's going on in Mississippi, but <laughs> they always rank dead last in education, in median household income, in economic uh health um in in first in fatness i mean uh, it's kind of weird how that happens time and time again i'm not really sure why i mean and you could make a very strong argument by the way that uh this is why uh donald trump did so well in those areas i mean you know these are the strongest areas Mm. um where trump was was that 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 was the, right. the big surprise of the campaign. You know, right. Alabama, Mississippi, right. uh, Louisiana. He did so well there, and I think a lot of people thought those would be cruise areas, including, um, you know, Cruz. Uh, yeah, sadly. And where did Cruz win and win handily? Utah. Mm-hmm. Texas. Uh, Texas. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's that's interesting. An interesting. Um, and as we're being told, uh, 
Mississippi may very well be the Jeffy of states, which is totally unfair. <laughs> no, not. I would not, not okay. say that. To That's Mississippi. not okay. That's like that is not okay. Don't, the don't ever in our community. We don't. Don't go don't, there, boyfriend. No, no. Jeffy's much Whatever. worse than every state. We can all say that. <laughs> Uh, also, ex Pablo Escobar enforcer who killed uh, 300 seeking a new career as a YouTube star. <laughs> um, during his time as Pablo Escobar's most feared enforcer, the man known as Popeye killed 300 people, ordered the murder of thousands more, and masterminded some 200 car bombs during the Medellin cartel's war against its rival and the uh, Colombian state. Wow. Um, so now, after more than two decades in prison, John Yaro Velasquez uh, is attempting to recast himself as a YouTube star. Through his popular Popeye uh, channel, he says he's trying to warn young people away from a life of crime. But his newfound celebrity has caused distress and offense to some relatives of his victims, as you can Potentially uh, imagine. I, that would piss me off a little bit. If this murderer had killed my son or daughter, and now he's a YouTube star, I, I, I think I'd be a little irritated by that. Really? Yeah, I think I would. Um, how would you feel if, uh, if you were uh, the woman who was raped by Mike Tyson, and now he's like this beloved media personality? Um, I think now, I'd also be a little upset yeah, about that. Now, again, she, of course, says it happened. He doesn't. So there's the qualifier of, you know, I mean, right. he was proven guilty. In uh, a court of to, law. Yes, went to uh, jail for multiple mm -hmm. years. However, she claims it did, or he claims it does not, did not happen. Um, but, I mean, how many, we see this a lot. Uh, you know, things, uh, people, uh, you know, imagine if you're a family member of somebody in Benghazi right now and you're seeing people heap praise right. on Hillary Clinton for being the first female right. nominee for oh president. That must be crushing. The one right. I always used to come back to with politics was John Kerry. Here's a guy who vilified the military and was this close to being commander in chief of it and wound up being this, you know, secretary of state, which is probably almost as disturbing. That pisses me off. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who's, you know, talked about how the military was uh, raising villages in a fashion reminiscent of Genghis Khan, shot cattle and dogs for fun, hooked up food stocks, hooked up telephone wires to human genitalia and turned up the power. I, I mean, I, and the, none of it true. The fact that he would be rewarded for that. Yeah. Horrible vilification of our American heroes by almost winning the damn presidency. Can you imagine being a veteran and going through that, yeah. watching your country elect this and, horrible person? And then, person? if you remember correctly, the left was all pissed off on behalf of Kerry for being swift boated. Swift boated, right? Uh, it's uh, and again, like there are a what zillion a reasons to not vote for John Kerry. The swift boating was only a, a small sliver. Yeah. but I mean, they they were basically saying that he wasn't this great soldier, and that his military achievements were wildly or vastly overstated. Um, and you know, there's been some controversy over that over the years. These guys really did say it, though. They really were in the military with him. Um, you know, he, mm -hmm. he, you know, they just say they say said he some of his purple hearts may not have been uh, totally legitimate. Mm -hmm. Like uh, he fell down and got a boo boo, and he got a purple heart. I actually scraped his knee uh, on a rock and got a purple heart. I mean, you know. Uh, I think it was the it was the movie It's a Wonderful Life where Zuzu said, Look, 
Daddy. Every time a bell rings, John Kerry gets another Purple Heart. Wasn't that the movie where that happened? It was. Yeah, that was a great yeah, movie. I think it I was. Mean, it's, it's, it just reminds yeah. me of Christmas and I know. also faking injuries. Faking, faking injuries around Christmas in Vietnam, but not in Vietnam. Maybe, in, maybe in, well, in Cambodia. Cambodia, mm-hmm. right? Where he it was seared into his mind. That seared, he was seared into my mind. Cambodia, nineteen forty-eight. Triple eight seven two seven. Back more patents too coming up. Back it is, Pat and Stu. Welcome back. <laughs> I love this headline. Uh, hilariously iconic photos that prove timing really is everything. <laughs> That's uh, I, I feel like I've seen that uh, that headline in like nine hundred thousand uh-huh. ads. Uh-huh. And but uh, the Daily Mail has done this one. They have twelve pictures that prove it. Uh, these are all oh fun. man. So this proves timing really is everything. Uh, because somebody took a photo of a crash where the sign right in front of it says, thank you for driving carefully. Well, what that does prove is that timing really, really is, is everything. everything. That really is ironic, too. Uh, here's another one. Fasting. <laughs> Guy's reading a book about fasting while jamming a big fat sandwich in his face. That is amazing. All right. Kind of fun. Uh, the Republican, where the news hits home, is on the side of the van and it actually, a news van is hitting the home. And the news van is hitting the home. <laughs> where the, where the news, news hits, hits home. home. Okay. <laughs> really that good. really is everything. <laughs> that timing right there. <laughs> oh, boy. And then a boat called No Worries sunk. <laughs> That's right. These are pretty funny. Yeah, it is. All right. Uh, Verizon Wireless, we never stop working for you. We're no longer in business, though. <laughs> so <laughs> that particular location, of course. Uh, okay. No, no standing any time. Has just, fallen over. Has fallen over, and it is not standing at any time. That's it was just accurate. That's just accurate. That's just accurate. That's not even ironic. No. Nope. It's just accurate. Uh, invisible spray. Uh, and it is, of course, there's nothing there. So I guess... <laughs> It works. But if it would would have been there, seven ninety five seems like a lot for invisible spray. Are you kidding me? I'd pay almost anything would for you? invisible spray. Would you pay spray. more than that? Okay. I'd pay at least eight ninety five for it. <laughs> All right, next up. Fast <laughs> the sign for fasteners has fallen down and needs a fastener. <laughs> nice. See? Uh teeth are not for biting. And uh, the book seems to have the been book has bitten. been bitten by a lot of diff- different kids, probably, or at least one. Yeah, who's bitten it a lot? <laughs> All right. TV psychic medium Joe Power canceled due to unforeseen <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> it almost seems like that one's a joke. Yeah, it seems to be. Uh, childhood obesity. Don't take it lightly. Right above a McDonald's commercial. My kind of shopping spree. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, um, uh, eating McDonald's does not make you fat. Uh, eating constant McDonald's mm-hmm. uh, can make you fat. You, uh, you could eat at McDonald's every day. Oh yeah, for your entire life, and not necessarily get fat. 
Yeah, I mean, you might get it. Yeah. It depends on what you eat and how much of it you eat. Right. And what you eat in the other meals. And you might not get all the nutrients you need because I don't think they serve a lot of broccoli there, but, you know, you, you wouldn't have to necessarily get fat. Yeah. You could eat salads. I, you could eat... Yeah, uh, like a cheeseburger, I, I, for example, and, and this one I happen to know off the top of my head, an egg McMuffin at McDonald's is 250 calories. You could find salads all over America that More are than over that. a thousand. Yeah. Oh, um, easy. And w- especially with dressing and meat on top and cheese and all that stuff. And, and egg people McMuffin will buy. Is really only two fifty. Two hundred fifty calories. The egg w- egg white delight McMuffin. Or no, it's three three hundred for the egg the egg McMuffin. Two fifty for the egg white delight. I think. The egg white delight. Oh, is just, I'm going the extra fifty on that every time. Yeah, I, I'm a. I like the. I, I like. I've been used to eating egg whites for a long time, so I actually like them better. But okay. still, uh, and they have like a white cheddar cheese instead of the American cheese. Is the other difference there? In case I don't know. If this is, is there? Well, I mean, is that a racist thing or? Well, I just figured you, being oh. the guy who's hmm. been standing up against the ABDL community all day, <laughs> might be a person who would take the white cheddar. I don't know. <laughs> all right. And our last uh, hilariously ironic photo that proves timing really is everything <laughs> is the National Associated, uh, Association of Telemarketers. And on, on that National Association of Telemarketers office is a sign that says absolutely no soliciting. <laughs> that truly is. Timing. You know, Pat, I've learned something today, which is timing really is everything. everything. I never Still, even considered that that's before really something. those photos. <laughs> I want to know what happened, too, to the no-call list. Are, are you getting... Maybe it's because I moved to Texas. I'm not sure what happened, but I'm getting telemarketing calls all day, every really? day. Really? I'm not. Send me off. I get one uh, telemarketer, uh, I got caught by him just the other day, on my cell phone. Uh, which oh, is, that really makes me mad. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so infuriating because I, I happened to be in the city where the call came from. So I was like, what is going on? It's like a right flight or, you know. No, it was the same damn telemarketers that have called a thousand times. Ah! Irritating. 